The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where we are always striving, working our fingers to the bone, in fact, to bring you the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. So been doing Real Life Real Estate now for many years. Um, 21 and a half years to be exact, and have been discovering uh, over that course of two decades, because, you know, sometimes you have to learn a lesson over and over again, that radio is not always the very best place to teach strategy. We have some, um, we have some uh, handicaps here about things like not being able to show spreadsheets and you know have visual aids and do math and show you what properties look like and so on and uh so really what we've been able to do over the years has been more introduce you to certain strategies introduce you to the people who are practitioners of those strategies strategies and um it's you know it's 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 been fun for me and hopefully it's been uh, good for you too, if you will. However, in the last uh, couple of months, I've been thinking about the difference between people understanding strategies like wholesaling and retailing and how to find properties and rent properties and all of that sort of stuff, and understanding what it really takes to be successful in any real estate business. And talking talking now about not just the strategy, but whatever your whole business model is, whether it's I buy properties and I sell them turnkey, or I buy properties and I retail them, or I buy them and I manage them, or I, you know, the 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 whole the whole thing from end to end is is a business. It's not a strategy. And some people manage to take what what real estate investors do and turn it into a real viable like active business in the sense that like they're not even doing all the stuff or maybe in some cases any of the stuff that um somebody is just getting started in real estate and is going out and finding the deal and evaluating the deal and expecting the deal and negotiating the deal and all that stuff is doing so um those folks are what i call type three investors and uh, I will explain at a, at a future show what a type one and a type two is, but a type three 
is a person who has reached a level in business where they really can um, trade money for time instead of the other way around. Uh, type one and type two people tend to trade their time for money in business. So, you know, I'm a consultant and I actually go do, I actually go uh, uh, do things for people, right? I go, I don't know, freelance engineer their radio stations or something like that, where I'm actually doing the business uh, as opposed to a type three person who like pays other people to do stuff for them. So type one and two get paid get paid for their time and type three people are at a point where they can pay to get time they they pay people to clean their houses and deal with their lawns and all of those sorts of things because it's worth they're making enough money that they have spare money to pay for other people's time with so in this in this uh new concept here once a month and maybe more often if you guys like it i'm gonna bring people in who are at that level in their business, whatever it is. Now, in many cases, that will be real estate. In some cases, it will be uh, successful business people in businesses that are only tangentially related to real estate. And we're not going to talk about what their strategy is. We're going to talk about what makes them successful. Like, like what is it about the way they think, talk, act, their habits, etc., that make them, uh, at least in their own opinion, that have made them uh, successful folks in uh, in a business, well, in all businesses, uh, most businesses fail, right? So uh, launching this brand new type three investor type of, um, of interview tonight uh, is a guy who is not even, strictly speaking, a real estate investor, but he does own a very successful business, and he in in the in the day to day of that business, he literally deals with thousands of real estate investors every year, which has given him the fact that he is a successful business person and he sees where real estate folks uh, succeed and fail has given him kind of a unique um view on what uh what what a lot of us should be focusing on that we're not focusing on. Uh, my guest today is Damon Remy. He is the founder of REI Black Book, and he is joining us by phone from his home near St. Louis. Damon, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hey, Vina. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. It's really, really good to be here, and I love the, love the concept and format. Really, really excited to be able to share. Yeah, I know that um, we had a conversation, I don't know, maybe two or three months ago, because most of my interaction with you has been about REI Black Book, which is basically that's that's the product you sell not the business that you run i mean the the business creates the product but you're not in there every day like programming new features into rei black book you you've got Far from it you've got you've got you got people for that um and the conversation that we had uh went a little deeper than that and you said if if these people meaning these real estate investors that i deal with every year understood how business worked as opposed to how real estate works their lives would be so much easier less stressful they'd get further and there's just this huge gap in their knowledge and it was really clear that this wasn't just something you you'd you have a passion for this yeah absolutely um yeah it has been a very unique perspective because you know i've, I've gone on a decade uh, at this point with rei black book and had, it's a very successful product, and but it is just a product at the end of the day. 
and, and I made all the same mistakes that I see real estate investors, you know, new real estate investors getting involved. And, and I make, made all the same mistakes back in, you know, again, almost 10 years ago that I see them making. And it's not, ultimately, it's just not running like a business, right? Um, and, and understanding the difference between business and hobby, and it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, that's, I think that's the biggest piece that I, I think most people miss is that, you know, you go subscribe, get some sort of education, whatever, the, whatever you, you invest in, and it's like, okay, I just bought this, now where's the money? And it's like, that's just kind of the price to enter the dance and to get into the party sometimes, and, and now, now it's really about working you know, the work that it takes to actually become a real estate investor. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, I, I, I'd say probably the, the key difference or probably the biggest pivot that I remember very distinctly, even at, you know, starting up Aria Black Book in the early days, was really hiring our first employees. And I had a business partner at the time, and it was completely, we were completely on opposite ends of this equation because we really didn't have the money to be candid. Like it was, it, we weren't even able to pay ourselves, much less how are we going to afford to pay, you know, different staff and things like that. Um, but the the problem was is in the early days we just kind of felt like you know we were going to do it all, and we nobody would care as much, and we were going to be better than you know anybody at, because we cared so much about our business and we would work harder and all of those things, all those things that we kind of told ourselves, and what that led to was a life of chaos, right? I mean, it's you know literally. People talk about this stuff, but you're working 70, 80, sometimes 90 hours a week because you're having to do everything. And unfortunately, you're really not doing it as well as what somebody that would be trained or specialized in that particular area, whether it be marketing, design, you know, development, uh, any of those things, you know, in the software business uh, in particular. But there's those same things apply to real estate. It's like, what are you trying to become an expert at? And I think corporate America has, has screwed us up a little bit in thinking that we got to focus on our weaknesses <laughs> to get better, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, here's all the things I'm really good at, and here's the things I'm not so good at. And now, in order to succeed, I have to go figure out how to be better at all these things I'm really bad at. So now I spend a lot of time, energy, and effort trying to be better at something that I'm not good at. And Frankly, you're probably not good at it because you probably don't like it, so therefore there's no enjoyment. And once we kind of that, that was probably the first big pivot point for us. Was again completely disagreement on hiring somebody, but once we did, man, now all of a sudden we started get, we started getting a little bit of traction. Started getting a little bit of traction. Now we didn't hire the right people in the early days either, so that, that's a whole a whole another set of uh, circumstances at the end of the day. But you know, I remember. Early on, it was just, you know, being a young tech company, and, and of course, we do what most other businesses do, right? You just go out and you look at other tech companies, and you do what they do. Mm-hmm. And you, you, so you try to model success, right? We hear that often, all the time, model success. So we went out and looked at all these other tech companies, you know, the Facebooks of the world, the Googles of the world, all these big tech companies that are doing really awesome stuff. And it's like, okay, what makes it – how are they getting good people? How are they hiring good people? Well, it's because they're doing cool stuff, right? It's like – totally relaxed work environment, you know, <laughs> casual dress code, playground um, in the very office, flexible hours, Trample, trampolines. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I want to work at Google yep. and I don't know anything about <laughs> tech, anything. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the same thing. That's honestly, that's the same thing. We looked at all that stuff and said, all right, well, we got to create that stuff because 
that's what it's about, right? It's about the fun office atmosphere, and that's what's going to attract talent. And so, frankly, we did that. And, you know, we started, we started growing. We ended up probably about 10, it was between 10 and 15 employees at that time. And, and this was probably 2011-ish. We'd signed a couple of big long-term deals, long-term contracts. And, you know, life was kind of looking good. So we're like, hey, you know, we, we definitely want to work less. And in order to do that, we got to – doesn't mean that there's less things to do. You just got to spread those things out over multiple people. So we did that, and then we stepped back, and we're like, man, we're getting less done. And we're, it's, we're going backwards. Um, people started coming in at 10, leaving at 3, and taking a two-hour lunch break. You know, it's like, how does that work? You know, it kind of came to the point where I was like, man, I just want, I just want a job. I just want to work here. I don't want to own the place. <laughs> but, again, stepped back and said, okay, what, what are some of the key mistakes we made? And hindsight being 2020, you know, we hired a lot of people based upon the – it was absolutely – the wrong things, you know, uh, I, I remember I paid quite a bit of money to go to an event of a large software company. These guys had just raised a bunch of money. They'd raised like $50 million. They were valued over $500 million and they're looking to go public. And I had an opportunity to go set with their executive team for like three days. And I was like, man, this is going to be perfect because we got a lot of problems right now. I'm going to go straight to the top and I'm going to find the answer. And I went out to their headquarter office and it was, it was, it was pretty awesome. I mean, their, the, their, their office setup was just amazing. But I asked the CEO, I remember sitting down with him and I said, you know, Hey, what's the secret? Like everybody seems so happy. And like people, like we stayed late. People were after hours. People were there when we got in in the morning. I mean, people were working really hard and they were just productive. And it's like, what's the secret? And, he told me, he said, mission, values, and purpose. I said, no, that sounds cool, but really, what are you doing? <laughs> where are, like, the, tra- the, where are the trampolines? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how did, you know, I remember walking in, they had a cereal bar, you know, in the, in the morning. So it's like every kind of cereal you could possibly imagine. And it's like just little things. It's like, man, that's why people want to work here. And that's why they're working hard. And I really kind of had bought into that. You know, it's the, it's the things, not, not the why. Mm-hmm. And by the third day, he finally, literally, I mean, I'm, I, I was very stubborn. I'm like, no, seriously, like, how are you hiring these people? Like, is there a particular website you're going to? Like, you know, is there a personality profile they're taking that tells you that they're going to be the person? And you know, finally, the on the third easy day, button. <laughs> I want exactly. the easy button. It, and, and then, Vina, sincerely, like, I was looking for the easy button then, and so many real estate investors are looking for the easy button now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's it's we all want it's the next course or the next piece of, I you know I'm I'm not going to it's the next thing that I don't have and that's going to make the difference mm-hmm. but the the magic really came after we sat down and we said mission values purpose and I actually sat down for the first time ever and actually put my values on paper and 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 identified really what was the purpose what got me out of bed every single morning that made me want to come to work and do what I did every day. And, and why was I willing to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week? What was that? And although those things kind of had existed, you know, I had values, of course. There was a company culture. Uh, you know, we had a, a, a purpose, but it wasn't really defined and it wasn't on, per- on paper. Once we did that, it was very eye-opening because it actually forced me to step back and say, okay, if these are our values, 
then that means everybody on the team should have these values and share these values. And it became quickly obvious why everybody was coming in at 10 and leaving at three and taking a two hour lunch break. We didn't, we didn't share the same values. We didn't, we didn't share the same uh, purpose of why we were getting up every day. Mm-hmm. So we literally had to pretty much let everybody go. Now, obviously that's not a overnight, you come in, you let everybody go. Um, but it was a, it was a slow process. It really took probably uh, about anywhere from about six to probably 14 months that we overturned the entire office, in, including, by the way, my partnership. Hmm. So that was something that was eye-opening that whenever you get into partnerships, your partnerships share the same purpose and the same values, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Very, very true. Yeah. So, uh, Damon, we actually we actually need to take a quick break. And um, okay. I, I also want to invite listeners to give us a call if you... If you're hearing anything that's resonating with you, you need to talk about stuff. Uh, Damon's very willing to answer questions you might have. And he's he's actually in a unique position. I don't know if you guys gathered. He's not actually a real estate investor. He doesn't go out and buy and sell houses. He's a software guy. But the software puts him in contact with literally thousands of investors and not in that kind of BS way that... Some of us are in contact with, you know, people who who they can talk a big game, but when it comes down to it, you don't know what they're doing. He knows what they're doing <laughs> because they're using his software to do it with. So he's got he's got some some uh, he's got a, he's got an insight that I don't think someone in the real estate business could necessarily have about what what we're all doing right and wrong uh, in terms of growing a business that is sustainable can bring in employees, that sort of thing. So our number here in the studio is 877-772-9658. You can also send us an email. Just send it to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, where we are trying um, trying a new thing that if you guys like it, we will do it at least once a month. And that is uh, talking to successful business people, not about how did they wholesale their last house, but about what what is it about them that allowed them to v- develop such a successful business. And uh, Damon, I keep saying, you know, he's in contact with thousands of investors. I, I don't really, I don't really know what the scope of your business is. I know it's kind of built on the idea of subscribers, which yep. which is always nice because that's. That's what we call continuity income. <laughs> it's, it's, yes. it's not somebody pays you one time and they're out of your life. It's they pay you every month. Uh, about how many new subscribers do you get every year these days? And I know it's a growing number. Um, every year annualized, we're probably between four to 5,000 new members annually mm-hmm. uh, is, is really where that. And, and from a business perspective, I I wish I could tell you that I was smart enough to like start off like this intentionally. Uh, and, and, you know, 10 years ago, I said, this is exactly the plan. But, uh, you know, frankly, the reoccurring revenue, you know, I, I've, I have had the pleasure of looking and evaluating other businesses and participating, sitting on boards and stuff like that, consulting. And I got to tell you, the reoccurring revenue is, is a huge, uh, huge piece of comfort, mm-hmm. um, stability. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, if, the, if, if if there's a way to figure that model out, and it, 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 in the real estate investing game, you know, I, I would uh, kind of equate that probably to rental income or, or landlord income, you know, passive income mm-hmm. uh, situations where you know what you're getting the next month mm-hmm. already. Yeah, or, or owning notes. 
you know, some, some, yeah, some, no. something that throws off an income stream as opposed to, I bought it, I sold it, it's gone, now I got to go find another deal, which, I mean, those are, those are fine too. They can be very profitable. Yep. But no, no one who's serious about business looks at somebody who is out there wholesaling properties and say, well, that's a viable, scalable business for you to do all by yourself. It, it's a, you know, it's, it's a job. Absolutely. You know, the way, whenever I start looking at stuff, especially now, you know, we've evaluated other business opportunities and things like that. For me, you know, a, a big factor is, do I have to start, start at zero every month? You know, so it's the first of the month, am I at zero? And then, and then two, you know, what happens if I don't work for a week? Like, what happens if I don't work for the month personally? You know, what does that do to my income? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that was a really important factor early on in, in starting to uh, balance out because in the early days we did actually just sell the software straight up as a one-time fee. Um, and then I, fee, and then I bet people were coming you know. to you repeatedly saying, how do I plug this in? How do I put the disc in my computer? How do I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. And so, so, you know, that was eye opening as well. I mean, there's literally been days, I, I would say days. I haven't, I haven't had like a $500,000 day, but I've had $500,000 weekends. Mm-hmm. And you know, in the early days it was like, Oh my gosh, you know, because uh, 2007, 2008, I mean, I was facing foreclosure, bankruptcy. I mean, to even contemplate $500,000 in a year, much less a weekend, was, was like impossible back then. But once you kind of hit that, that gets all exciting until you realize, oh, it takes me $495,000 over the next six months to actually fulfill what we just sold, you know? So. <laughs> oh, and the, t- and the taxes on my sale were like, you know, a quarter of a million dollars. So <laughs> right, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's funny you say that because taxes is probably one of the bigger things that I see by most new business owners, especially in the real estate investing game, especially once they transition from, you know, doing maybe a deal or two here or there, you know, annually to all of a sudden they can really start building that consistent book of business and they're doing, you know, five, six, ten deals a month and, and all of a sudden they're not keeping up with taxes on, you know, me, you know, at this point I, I pay taxes on them literally on a monthly basis. Um, but you know, you're not, that doesn't, you're not forced to do that. And there's no tax reminder that just pops up on your computer says, Oh yeah. Hey, guess what? You just made that much money. Taxes are going to be due next year. And so people that aren't thinking about that stuff from a business, again, just business stuff that people aren't thinking about, uh, because they get excited about that first check, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. there is a huge gap, uh, really out in the let's call it the real estate education market that that doesn't tell people how to transition or doesn't even warn them they're going to have to transition from the guy who did what he was supposed to do and got good at fill in the blank wholesaling retailing note buying tax lien but whatever it is and the guy who if he wants to make that bigger is going to have to stop doing it is going to have to is going to have to work uh, on his business <laughs> as opposed not, yep not in it yep as opposed to in his business why do you think that gap exists i mean if you and i can see it why why hasn't somebody jumped in and filled it you know i i ask myself that often and i don't think that it is as sexy to sell that from the educational perspective um that's that's my personal take. You know, you and I have had this conversation in the past, and it was like, you know, why is that? Why hasn't somebody else come out and actually started teaching business 101 instead of 
wholesaling 101, right? Mm -hmm. And I really do believe it's because wholesaling 101, I think that's just easier for people to understand and get excited about because they know they can go make that, you know, that big check. Whereas some of the other stuff, some of the other blocking and tackling just business strategy stuff, I don't think is as, you know, I don't think it's easy to put a dollar to it. Um, But ironically, that's what's actually going to truly build a, a, you know, a, a business that you can then step away from and continually to generate income. Cause that, and that, that really is the gap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's a few good books. Definitely. I mean, what you're talking about, you know, the on your business versus in your business. I mean, that's, you know, the classic Michael Gerber, mm-hmm. right? E-myth. Are you, you know, the technician that it's really good at what you do. And, you know, so you're, you're the plumber. It doesn't, doesn't even matter, right? You're the plumber. You're a really good plumber. And so you go, you're tired of working for, for Joe's plumbing. So you go start your own plumbing business and then quickly realize that, man, although you're a good plumber, wow, you don't know anything about sales and marketing. Or maybe you're, you get lucky and you're good at sales and marketing and you get a lot of leads in, but now you're really terrible at the back end operational side and you don't know anything about cash flow or you don't know how to operate your books or your finances or anything like that. And that that's a very common thing that you see in the, in that. And I think the statistics and all the studies that show, you you know, all the number of businesses that fail, I think that's, that's a big reason why is because they get so focused on that. I'm really good at this, but they forget that there's really other components of the business. And they're, they're big, they're three big boxes in in business. And you can kind of break these down um, any way you really want. You know, I call it the accountability chart really from the, from the book Traction, um, uh, Gino Wickman is a great book, but really kind of break it down into three compartments, if you will. You got your sales and marketing; that's kind of your first box, and that that you, you need a skill set. You need to understand sales and marketing, and then from there, you got the operational side, which means transaction related. So, in the real estate business, you got to be able to actually do the transaction. You know, if you're if you're um, rehabbing or landlording or whatever, you got to actually be able to to operate those to be able to manage that transaction. And then from there, you got the administrative accounting side, right? So you got to be able to count the money, pay taxes, understand cash flow, um, understand those things. And and where I think that uh, real estate investors, we kind of get caught up in that sales and marketing box, really, really heavy. Or even sometimes we get caught up in that transaction, the operational box, because we just love the transaction. We love the deal. But you're not focused on the other boxes. And if, if that's really you, again, you got a job, not a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, were, if, if you were to make that chart for your own business and then write down who was in charge of each of those boxes, and the answer is you, you, and you, it's <laughs> you, 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 and no one's doing it is the more, is the more common thing, right? I'm in charge yeah, of marketing. Exactly. I'm in charge of operating operations and nobody's really in charge of finance. <laughs> we we manage by looking at how much money is in the bank account today and if there's money and I can't think of any bills to be paid, I can spend it. Right? That's the yeah. that's the that's the way a lot of a lot of small business people, not just real estate investors, but a lot of small business people sort of operate. And then of course what immediately happens, the furnace goes bad in a house that you did not expect the furnace to go bad and you have no money because you just spent it because you have you have no history on what are my, you know, what are the real expenses of owning my rental properties or whatever? And, you know, this is all, this is all such great stuff. And 
yet to a lot of our listeners who are going, I wish I had your problems. You, you, right. you, you what? You've, 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 got, you've got too much to do. I can't even find a lead. It, it kind of, um, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily resonate with those people. And yet, if I had one wish, if I could go back in time and tell young Vina one thing about, about getting started in the real estate business way back when, when I was looking for my first deal, I would have said, you need to pay more attention to the business part. So how, 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 how do we convey that to people, Damon? Like, the, you know, the, the guy with the stars in his eyes just got out of the seminar, is dying to go out and make his first $5,000 check. What, what would you say as a baby step to saying, while you are doing this, here's something else you might want to start learning about because you're going to need it? Yeah, so I would say just the first thing, baby step, even if you're out there and you're doing you know, a handful of deals and this is kind of almost a hobby and you're kind of on that fence saying, you know, do I want to go from hobby, you know, do, maybe you got a full-time job right now and you're just doing this on nights and weekends and you're like, okay, the, the, the million-dollar question is how do you get from hobby to business, right? So the, the first thing is to absolutely, and we're going to start with, the why and, and the mission, values, and purpose, right? Because without clarity on that and of, of what you stand for and why you stand for it and why you get out of bed every single day, without a little bit of clarity on that and understanding what the end goal. So now now put yourself out and it's like, oh, man, what could life be like in five years? What would it look like if I was doing 10 deals? Like put yourself in that frame of mind so that you own it, you feel it, and, and, it, and it becomes – just so desirable that now you're willing to do whatever it takes now that's that's just kind of the mindset piece and I'm, i wish i was a better mindset coach to be candid because i think it's probably a huge aspect i'm terrible at it uh i i just wake up and just work hard and do what i do because because i do have a passion for this stuff but the thing that i would tell folks at that point is once you know you got the mindset right now go back and you need to create those boxes and understand what happens in each one of those boxes and identify what you really love to do. What are you really good at and what do you love to do? Whether it's the sales and marketing aspect, you know, are you the acquisition specialist that goes out and, and you know, you love sitting down at the table and, and negotiating those deals and, and or is it are you the transaction engineer that just absolutely loves to engineer and manage that transaction or even the back end accounting piece? Figure out because all of those things have to happen. And figure out what it is that you absolutely love to do and figure out all the things that you hate to do mm-hmm. and figure out what you hate to do the most. That's, that's, that, but it's, it's, gotta, it's vital to the business and you're doing it because you, you hate it. And now the first thing is, is now you got to figure out, okay, from a business perspective, what do you got to do to replace yourself in that capacity? And it doesn't have to be a full-time, you know, that, that's one thing where I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking, oh, I got to hire that. And I got to bring, you know, this, this is the piece where I see people then all of a sudden start partnering up. Yes. Right. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to why equity. that's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> you, you give it because you're, you're, you got that pain point. So you sit there and you, you draw all these things out and you realize oh, I'm really good at that. So let me just go create a partnership and let's, you know, we're gonna have a 50, 50 partnership now. Terrible idea. Worst thing ever, by the way, but 
you, you, you're willing to give up so much more in the beginning and you don't recognize or realize how much it's going to cost you um, as opposed to just trying to outsource or hire somebody else on a temporary basis to do those particular things that you're not good at so that you can focus on the things that are really you're really good at that are bringing in the money. Mm-hmm. Because you got to bring in the revenue to be able to start like building the team out. Mm-hmm. And so, sometimes I think that that uh, people quit on on real estate too early because there's a piece of it that they just cannot stand, and mm-hmm. they don't yeah. see anyone around them who has hired someone else to do that piece, and so they think that it is an integral part of their job. And that's never true. It's just never true. It, it doesn't matter what the thing is; it's never true. Um, Okay, so we need to take another quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to take a couple of emails that have come in at askvina at gmail.com. You can also uh, put in a quick call at 877-772-9658. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Damon Remy, who... You guys have heard him on here before talking about like branding and online marketing and stuff like that uh, as a as a representative of his business, REI Black Book. But today we're talking more about what does it take to be a successful business owner in any business, but particularly he, he, he gets a lot of exposure to real estate entrepreneurs and sort of sort of watching them succeed and fail and who you know what do the people who succeed have in common what do the people who fail have in common and this is just not a discussion that gets had very much um i think uh, all entrepreneurs are to some extent bsers like everything's always great and if you're if you're at a conference with people in your industry and you ask them how things are going. They rarely say, oh man, I'm working 85 hours a week. My wife's about to divorce me. My dog doesn't even come when I call. I'm doing all this stuff. I hate. You don't hear that, right? You hear, oh, I did three deals last month. How about you? And both of those things can be true at once. But the solution to the second one is is another step in our, you know, just our understanding of what the business is about. And that is what practices, habits, philosophies, attitudes, etc., uh, make for a successful business owner. So we're, we're, we're going to try this. We're going to do it once a month for a while with high-level investors. And if you guys like it, we will keep it going. Uh, we're also taking questions at askvina at gmail.com. And we have one here from Lloyd, who is from uh, Homestead, Florida. I think that might be the first uh, Homestead, Florida uh question we have ever gotten uh he says number one love the new format number two damon i'm reading a lot about people who have morning routines that help them be successful (laughs) do you have any kind of morning routine that we could share that you could share with us mine's pretty easy sleep in as long as possible (laughs) so (laughs) this is this is going to be probably one of those areas that i'm uh counter to probably most successful guys that you go to a conference, everything you just talked about, right? You go to the event, and mastermind event, whatever it is, and everybody's talking about they got up at 5 a.m., started working out, they you know started reading, and they said, I'm not that guy. Um, I actually have argued this for a long time. I was actually in the military, so I was military guys in the Marine Corps, so you just have to get up super early, do all that stuff, and I absolutely hated it. I, I 
I really do hate the mornings. Uh, what I've found actually for me personally is I'm, I'm definitely much more of a night owl. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually much more productive, you know, at, you know, 10 o'clock, the wife and kids are in, in bed and I keep a laptop by my bed. And once they're out and everybody's asleep, I typically turn the TV off, pop up my laptop and then start either researching uh, additional products, ideas, thoughts, structuring the business, whatever. Uh, and then for me, the morning is pretty simple. I mean, my kids get on the bus at 830 and I'm trying to get up and make sure that I, I tell them bye uh, as they as they head out the door. But really uh, counter uh, to most of what you would hear on on that. I, I'm a firm believer in find your zone and it's okay to be different. And just you, you still got to find the time and do the things that are necessary. But if I get started at 10 a.m., then I may not start stop until midnight or 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, on some days, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and I'm willing to do that, but and if I got to get up early in the morning, I will. But yeah, <laughs> I can hear it some somewhere somewhere uh, 15 miles away from here. I can I can hear my partner cheering and shouting because his he's 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 a night owl too, and that's a real thing. I think sometimes morning people think that night owl is a way of saying I'm lazy and I like to stay up all yeah. night. But it it is actually like scientifically scientifically proven that some people's brains work better later in the day and some people's brains work better earlier in the day. And he has always said, the only reason I got rich was so that I didn't have to get up at the crack of dawn. <laughs> right. right. So yes, it, 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 it definitely uh, takes all kinds. Um, can you share with us, Damon, like, um, so, so there's that statistic is always thrown around, eight out of 10 small businesses fail within 18 months of starting, which puts you in the top 20% of all business people. Like what, what is, is there something about your, your habits, your philosophies, your approach to life? Is there something that you see in yourself that you don't see in the other software folks that you probably have seen drop around you over the last 10 years? Yeah, I think, I think authenticity and value first. Like those, those are the things that I, I think a lot of people talk about, Hey, we're going to provide value first or, you know, one of our core values are, is people before profits. Right now I explain that all the time because when, when people hear that, they're like, well, I mean, dude, aren't you in this to make money? Yeah, I am. But money is a byproduct of value. And it, and if you authentically put yourself into that and truly serve people and, and which, by the way, you, as real estate investors, you guys are solving an immense problem and providing crazy amounts of value. And, you know, ironically, we, we've done that and, and more, we've made more money than I would have ever dreamed possible without thinking about and focusing on the money. Mm-hmm. And, and I know people say that and it sounds like cliche and everything else, but I really do think it's just that's probably one of the things that stands out the most as I look back on the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you, you know, this industry very well, Vina, um, you know, back in 2010, 2011, all of these, uh, launches and webinars oh, and God. new software products and new education, they literally were launching every other week. Uh huh. Absolutely. And there was a, comp- in fact, you know, behind the scenes, this is what most folks don't realize. There was an, an entire calendar where everybody was literally in collusion saying, I'm going to promote your product this week, your product next week, 
so-and-so's launching this week, so we're all going to promote his product. And and people were literally making millions of dollars sending emails. In a, in a weekend? Yes. So- I, it was insane. And I just remember remember looking back at that, and we had a, a pretty good email database at the time and a very, very active email database. And we were... They, 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 we got, we were pursued quite often mm-hmm. and we always stayed away from that. And it was just, and I, cause I remember I, I would call somebody and be like, or they'd call me and I'm like, okay, well, can you send me your product? Let me review it. Let me look it's at not, it. I mean, I really it's not available value. yet. Yep. We're selling it, but it doesn't exist. I had that conversation many times. <laughs> right. And, and that was the, hey, dude, we're going to sell it. We're going to make a lot of money and then we're going to go create it. Uh-huh. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Right. And so was, that was actually completely opposite of what we were trying to do which was sincerely provide value first, put, put the value out there. And, you know, I think that's, that's paid off in spades. A lot of those guys are no longer around in, in, or even in the business Uh uh, because they were doing that, you know? And the software that they sold is no longer available, supported. So everybody who did spend money on it, those people who spent the millions on it didn't, didn't, you know, today they can't use the thing that they paid for because the company's long since (laughs) gone. Um, yeah, and the the sort of equivalent to that, I think, in the in the real estate investing world, is um, we get we get certain we get certain sorts of newbies uh, at real estate associations and conferences and whatnot, who I I always describe as being hustlers, because it's in no way what they're doing, and it's, it's normally wholesaling, honestly, is in no way about helping move houses from people who can't deal with them to people who will turn them into good housing for somebody and who will make money in the process to them it is all about how many checks can i get and how big are they yep and and as a result they they end up they burn buyers they burn sellers they get in trouble with the state all, all sorts of stuff happen and they can't understand why this isn't working when they are going through the same motions you know, they, they look at what I do and they say, I'm doing the same thing as you. Well, no, the difference between you and me is I actually know what houses are worth and you haven't bothered to learn because, <laughs> because you're so you're so focused on the money, right? So um, exactly. I, I, I know of zero people who, who came in and kept that attitude who are still in the real estate business even a year or two later. I mean, you, and, and it's the value. And it's, it's you, you know, you're providing value and you recognize that fine if you can't do the deal and you're going to wholesale it you're going to wholesale it back over here and and that person is like at the end of the day we're still providing quality housing i mean it's it's people's lives it's neighborhoods it's the community and most importantly it's your reputation (laughs) to do the right thing right and and i think people get lost in that and they they do focus on the money and the hustle and um and it it definitely bites them in the tail Mm -hmm. yeah it it 100 does not work as a as a long-term business strategy it just it just doesn't so um values being authentic um and and of course also i think you you mentioned it early on there's work to be done if you're going to build a business you you gotta you gotta nobody has a turnkey program that's going to hire all your vas for you and create all your systems for you and like you can just sit back from day one and never do anything yeah uh you know it's it's funny i was actually doing a a training webinar today and somebody asked me for like hey can you just give me the step by step just tell me exactly what i have to do give me the the five steps right 
And everybody wants the blueprint, right? They want the, the easy, here's step one, step two, step three, step four. And I get it. I respect that. I, I, I understand why they want it. Um, I think that that cripples folks, though, is don't get me wrong. A checklist can be good or a blueprint can be good. But if, if you're looking at that blueprint and that's you're expecting, hey, this is exactly what I got to do. And then all of a sudden, step three, you don't get the exact results that step three on the blueprint says it's supposed to. Now, all of a sudden you're stuck and you're like, uh, so I, I think focused on the, the shortcut and that the easy button and all those cheat sheets and everything else. I think that we put way too much time, energy and focus on the, the, the shortcut to get their rich, you know, get, get rich quick scheme type type scenario, as opposed to trying to really truly understand, all right, what's the purpose and the reason behind step three? So that if you, and if you understand it and you get a different result, you know, you put the input in and the output comes out a little different. You're like, okay, all right, well, I get what it was supposed to do. And I know what step four, how to get to step four. Now all of a sudden that's, that's an entrepreneur. That's a business owner, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to just, you know, following a checklist. Check, check, check. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you're not allowed to tell people they actually have to do anything or learn anything, right? That's like taboo. It, it Well, it does tend to scare a lot of people off, you know. Um, <laughs> but it probably... When, when you tell them they got to think and work. And and so. honestly, it probably scares the right people off because it's <laughs> it's probably it's probably better for them and our business if... You know, if they really believe that it's no work, there's some there's some button you can push and you can just go. Uh, they're probably better off not not getting started. So, Damon, unbelievably, we are out of time, and uh, I definitely want to have you come back uh, later on in the year and talk a little bit more about you know some of the things that have made you successful and that you see have made other uh, have made real estate investors around you successful. But uh, for right now, we fortunately we got to go. So, thank you so much for being with us today, Damon Remy. Uh, We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.